Welcome, Pathfinders. It's Find the Path podcast, actual play of the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path. Yep. It's just near. Did it sound like you forgot which one we were recording? <laughs> Only a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we do have three going now, so that's understandable. I had to look at my screen and go, is Ross here? Ross isn't here. Mummy's mask. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's oh, sad. Hey, you know what? People Poor in the Discord Ross. have been telling us to fix that. I bring know. Ross in. I mean, not if they want more Ross, Hell's Rebels. That is true. We are uh, back once again with our doorkeepers inside of the Sightless Sphinx. We had a, uh, a heck of a fight last week. Uh, I think yeah. that was the entire episode was a heck no, of a fight. I, yeah, no, the it entire was. episode was one fight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was a little preamble. But the amble was a fight. We kind of got bottlenecked there. We tried to not bottleneck and it backfired. It's true. If I was drawing maps, that would have been one of those occasions where I drew an entire map and the party used 20 square feet (laughs) right inside of the door. Pretty much, yeah. It's not our fault that you made them all rush us at the doorway. That's your fault. So for the recap last time, the party had made their way back into the front right paw of the Sightless Sphinx, going to see Rubila and uh, inform her that you talked with the ghost and uh, that you were willing to let the ghost convince you to do the right thing, uh, unlike her. And as such, the ghost is, generally speaking, friendly. Upon arriving, however, you'd found no signs of conflict. But a bunch of cultists... But a bunch of cultists. Laying in ambush, probably for us. Almost like they knew that you were working with the Gear Tablilu and would probably be coming back here mm. at some point. Hmm, maybe. However, uh, the ambush had not turned out particularly how they want. Actually, they, they did a surprisingly good job. Yeah. Mostly the monks. I yeah. hate those monks. Yeah, those monks are awful. The other guys are just kind of hit point sinks, but those monks do pretty decent. Yeah. Yeah, especially if they can knock you out. And particularly if they can stun lock Hollis. Yep. Yeah, I did not enjoy that. That was bad times. Yep. Following that, the party, uh, I suppose, to get back into things, the doorkeepers stand here in the uh, in the Silver Forge, this large chamber with a, a burning fire pit in the center of it with lambent argent flames leaping up out of it and reflecting off of the metallic discs, the shields of beaten brass across the ceiling, giving this kaleidoscope of light to this room. Surrounded uh, not by dead bodies, but uh, by burnt remains of clothing and armor and seared marks across the surrounding floor and walls and this arid stench of burning flesh. As I suppose you dust yourselves off, slowly dripping blood onto the floor. channel. Masika channels. And then I guess we're going to loot the remains. I guess that is the advantage of exploding. You're like, I'm guaranteed I can channel without this guy getting back up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's not getting back up from this. They're in like Miracle Wish territory if they've been basically disintegrated. So everybody gets 23 back from the channel. Yay, cool. I'm full. In large part, specifically, not enough of them left to cast uh, Speak With Dead. Hmm. There's no interrogating these cultists. That's been a whole thing. Give you, a, give you a mask that lets you do speak with dead and then never have anything to speak to with dead with. And then I, I've got a channel again to top me off, so everybody gets another 26. Okay. All right. Uh, and looting their bodies, you find 26 more plus one flaming arrows. Ooh, flamey flame. Three more potions of cure moderate wounds for your med kit, if you like. Hey. It's going to be a lot of a repeat from what you guys got from the hallway before, so I think you can just add a t- couple of ticks onto that same list. Three more suits of plus one scale mail. Three more masterwork light wooden quick draw shields. Three more plus one scimitars. Three more masterwork composite lombos plus three strength. 36 more regular arrows if anyone has use for them. 
three more funerary masks worth 25 gold pieces each. 12 gold pieces between them. The next group of cultists has... I guess this one's for Rachel. Another six potions of cure moderate wounds. So you guys are restocking your medkit here. True. Three more uh, plus one breastplates. Three more plus one long spears. Nine masterwork javelins. Three more masterwork warhammers. And three more funerary masks worth 25 gold pieces each. And 15 gold. Um, how Searching Sophronia. the last two cultists. <laughs> just, oh yeah, I was God. like, just wait, there's more. Uh, searching the monks, you find two masterwork light crossbows, 20 crossbow bolts, two more amulets of the mighty fist plus one, two more belts of giant strength plus two. Man, giving those wow. out like candy. Two more cloaks of resistance plus one, two more funerary masks worth 25 gold pieces. And because they're monks and don't have to spend their money on anything, uh, they've got 80 gold pieces between them. So who doesn't have some extra strength at this point? <laughs> Narmer. Well, you may have a, a belt for something else. Narmer doesn't need extra strength. Oh, oh that's that's not what Narmer thinks. Narmer has a belt of dexterity for his AC and his <laughs> spitting power. <laughs> Mashika, think about how much easier it would be for me to rearrange the furniture inside of your house every night while you're sleeping. We don't have a house oh okay yeah that's right it seems like something I probably should have known (laughs) (laughs) our home is wherever our hearts are oh no stinger junior and then pats his chest there's a soft tonk tonk sound as a scorpion stinger stabs into the side of his chest that poor scorpion does Sophronia need a boop Sophronia I remember her taking lots of one and two like hit point damage but I don't know if it's enough to need a boop it, uh, it added up. <laughs> so Sophronia is down. She's at about a two-thirds health, so she's down by about 50 hit points. None of that channeling did anything for her. Okay, so she gets 28 hit points back from an inflict serious wounds. Masika's not used to, like, casting that on people. I'm sure she's like, ooh, weird black energy, <laughs> you know? Hurdy damage that heals <laughs> our friend, Sophronia. Uh, I mean, she could use... A low-level spell if you have it. Otherwise, she can just stay as she is. I don't have another low-level one for her. I didn't memorize a lot of low-level ones. Okay. But I guess we have that one little side room and then the haunted room left in the paw. You've also never even had a chance to really look around this room. But yeah, I guess we could look around first. the room. Just curiosity. See if they left anything. Who knows? Don't let the curiosity yeah. kill Sudi. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I suppose you cast all of your healing magic, you dust yourselves off. Uh, You can go and make me a perception roll for anyone that wishes to search around the room. As previously stated, this room has a a large central fire pit, three workbenches surrounding the outside of that, uh, some more tables around the outside of the room, the double doors that you came in through, and then a curtained off exit uh, off towards the left-hand side. So who's looking at what? I'll look at the crescent tables. Okay. You said there's just a curtain separating that other room? Yes. I guess Masika and Armor will peek around the curtain. Okay. Pay no attention to the man behind it. Ha. Interesting. I don't want to go to Oz. <laughs> I shall check the fire pit. I'll go to the uh, the tables, I guess, on either end. Okay. And see what's, what's up with those. Sophronia will watch the approach to the room. I was thinking of doing that, and then I was like, well, we have Sophronia. Yep, her perception's not real great, but... I'm gonna miss her when she's gone. I know, she's she's pretty uh, pretty potent. 
Oh, actually, I apologize. I utterly lied. What? Sophronia has a 23 perception. Oh. Hey. Oh. So, <laughs> Jeez, she's got a She's real Sudi. perceptive. <laughs> Dang. So, yeah, she glides over there and watches a fly crawl up the wall from 300 yards. So, what did Hollis get? Hollis rolled a four for a 15. <laughs> so, Hollis, you make your way over to the, uh, these almost these half circle workbenches surrounding the forge. Portable anvils sit next to these workbenches. The benches surface themselves are covered with a variety of different tools. They seem to be in good shape and repair, although again, they just kind of glancing them over, I imagine just instinctively whispering off a detect magic. Other than the fire pit, nothing in here is magical. Uh, other than that and the usual usual magic that suffuses the entirety of this place. You may make it a praise, however. Okay. All right. Uh, nat 20 for a 31. <laughs> there you go. Very good. Between everything here, you could put together a masterwork weaponsmithing kit. Cool. Basically, masterwork artisans' tools. That's pretty cool. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna loot it anyway. Very well. Uh, Sudi, what did you get? I rolled a ten for a thirty-three. Yeah, going through the tables over here, uh, opening some of the crates here, looking about. It looks like all of this was probably left here from centuries ago. However, all of it's non-perishable, as many of these boxes contain copper and iron ingots, a variety of metalworking material. One of the tables also contains additional tools, and uh, searching through there, you may make it a price check. Quick, somebody uh, craft a kay. bunch of daggers to raise their blacksmith skill. Yes, all the daggers. <laughs> yeah, we need a crafting montage. Um, okay, so I roll a sixteen for an eighteen. Eighteen? Uh, yeah, there's a masterwork set of artisans' tools over here that you could use for armor smithing. Cool. If you needed to smith some armor, Citra, making your way over, looking over the fire pit. I imagine also activating your robe of uh the hedge wiz. The hedge wizard. The fire pit is magical. Uh, you may make spellcraft if you so wish. Sure. <laughs> I rolled a nat 20. Very nice. <laughs> uh, but my spellcraft's not great, so that really only got me a, let's see, 23 with my plus 2, 25. Uh, with a 25, yeah, this is a permanent evocation effect. It seems to create literally white hot flames. There's also an underlying transmutation effect. In essence, it kind of turns this into a, a directional furnace so that the heat shoots straight up. It dissipates some, although it is still quite hot here. It's hot enough that if you were to stick your hand over this, you would burn immediately. However, you could actually read a sheet of paper less than a foot away from the edge of it, and the paper wouldn't catch fire. Oh, nice. Cool. Masika, uh-huh. you make your way over reach this curtain, this thick red curtain that hangs down over here. Most of this place that you've experienced thus far, most of the sightless Sphinx, has been left generally untouched from what happened a hundred years ago when the Templars came through and cleared this place. Sophronia is still standing off towards the side, relic of that period also. This curtain is new. As you place a hand on it, gently push it to the side. Beyond you see a large room. Probably about 50 feet in overall width. You can see the area off towards your left-hand side has numerous, basically the wall trailing along your left-hand side and directly ahead of you, has numerous pillows arranged about and a few small tables. The tables seem to have been left over here from before, but the pillows are new addition, almost like an antechamber or a waiting room. 
However, you only take that in quickly before glancing over to see a set of steps ascending up into the darkness. Oh, great. There's a second story to this place. Well, of course there is. We knew that. Great. great. <laughs> well, we got, we got problems on this floor. So I found the stairs up. All right. Well, we don't want to go th- up those yet. Now we have the haunted room to deal with and the, the Glaber Zoo and the Moftet and maybe pop it outside to see where the gear to Lilu went. And a ghost. She's right there. I, I don't think she's don't a problem to deal thank with. Thank you, Narmar. <laughs> My staying here is a problem for me. But well, yes. yeah, but... Uh, but we are working on that. Yeah, exactly. I know nothing of what is upstairs. We'd cleared this area before making our way further south, pursuing those cultists that were fleeing. I never went up before I was killed. And you've never tried to go up since? I couldn't pass through the door into the section. All the doors are also warded by the same protective magic that stops ah, interdimensional okay, travel. Ah, okay, that makes sense. Um, okay, well, then I suppose we'll deal with creepy prophecy haunt. Maybe yeah, that prophecy, sounds fun. Maybe just telekin- telepathic, who knows? I mean, I wonder if it has something to do with the paint, because I could use the paint and see if it gives me a prophecy. That'd be interesting. Correct me if I'm wrong. We didn't see anything prophetic in it necessarily. We saw like it reacting to us and knowing things about us that it definitely shouldn't have known. Well, it also painted all over the wall with scenes of death. Yeah. We're we're assuming that's not prophecy because that (laughs) that would just be really depressing. Who knows? So... How do we want to handle this? I mean, I can go inside and just channel. Do you have to go inside or could you just do it from the doorway? Probably be best to do it in the room just to make sure I hit everything. Uh, I mean, that's going to expend resources, but it's the only way to banish these. Doesn't your death goddess not like ghosties? It's true. She doesn't. That's not a ghost, though. That's a haunt. I mean, it's kind of the same thing. It's residual energy from whoever died there, though. Yes, but it's not sentient. It doesn't speak and move around and look really cool like Sophronia here. It does read our minds, though. I don't know what that says about it. I don't know. It could. I don't know at all. So, I mean, the Geertab Lilu either didn't deal with this or thought it was useful in some way. They probably just closed the door. (laughs) If it just stays in this room and isn't bothering anything, why would they mess with it? That doesn't really seem their style. They're not exactly altruistic. Uh, Very true. They weren't paid to deal with it. All right, Narmer. Let's uh, let's go deal with this thing. And everybody else looks on from the doorway with little (laughs) pom-poms in hand. (laughs) Yeah, Masika! So, uh, I suppose then, Masika, you take point. Yeah. Step into the chamber. And I'll channel. Stepping into the room. Oh, Lord. You enter into the chamber. The room is thick with dust over everything in this chamber and this walls in this chamber are covered with a near endless depiction of death as you begin to enter into the room you can see these swirling motes of dust and just hear the whispers come again the girl the desert the dragon the girl the trenches Already weird, haunty thing. Masika channels. <laughs> Before you can do so, one, uh, I will need you to roll initiative because you'll have to see whether or not you can beat its initiative. Uh, let's go ahead and get it for everyone just in case. Okay. 
Just in case it's a south real fast. Yeah. Mm. Well, Citro apparently is really ready for this. Well, good, because uh, Sudi is not. All right, so Hollis. All right, Hollis rolls a 10 for a 17. Sudi. Sudi rolls a 7 for a 10. Sudi has faith in Masika. Masika. Sure, we'll blame it on that. And Masika rolls an 18 for a 21. Citra. Citra rolled a 19 for a 25. Excellent. Not that Citra, out of everyone in this group, <laughs> can do anything against a haunt other than Oh, you mean your dispelling strike my, doesn't work on haunts? <laughs> well, my etheric strike actually says haunts and undead. Oh, weird. Yeah. So, technically, if I was a normal rogue, I would not be able to do anything in this situation. But because Citra is a relic raider, I can do something. There you so, go. go. Go sneak attack the haunt. So, uh, go ahead and actually give me a perception roll from the entire party also. Oh, that's where I failed. <laughs> crud. No, uh, you're not supposed to say crud. You have a better one than me. Yep, but I rolled trash. Hollis rolls 15 for a 26. Hey. Sudi uh, rolled a 2 glasses? for a 25. Yeah. Uh, Masika rolls a 4. Uh-oh. That gets her an 11, but Narma rolls an 11, which gets him a 25. He might notice something. He's in the room. Citra <laughs> rolled a 3 for a 20. <laughs> well, Sophronia, did she notice something with her plus 23? <laughs> I mean, she made the check. Masika, you step forward. You hear these whispering start up. Again, it seems to be coming from the very floor, the surrounding walls everywhere in this chamber as the walls begin to cover with these motes of dust and these paintings. You then, you focus and then just let out this rolling burst of energy as it rolls off of you. Wow, I do 29. Holy cow, good job. There is this blast of energy. The whispering intensifies. Oh, I made it mad, y'all. You did poke the bear, to be fair. <laughs> Only because Sudi was like, I follow Farazma and we can't leave this alone. Which sadly Sudi can do nothing about. So he's like, hey, friend of mine who has healing powers, go deal with this. I just can't tolerate it, but I'm going to sit here and watch you suffer. <laughs> All of you pause for a moment to see whether or not the, the whispering is just going to be gone before it seems to have taken this personally and begins to whisper louder. Uh, <laughs> however, Hollis is the uh, Hollis, Sudi and Sophroni are the first to notice this, meaning that they get to act in the surprise attack round in essence that it gets in return uh, as it begins to manifest. Oh. Wowzers. The air fills with this billowing dust and ahead of you, Hollis, uh, Hollis and Sudi can both see directly ahead of Masika. These flakes of old paint begin to flow up into this vaguely humanoid shape towards the center of the room. Weird. Uh, Hollis, would you like to do anything this surprise attack round? Try to identify <laughs> it. Sure, I'll see if I can know what it is. Uh, I roll a six for a 27. 27 knowledge religion? Yep. It is a haunt. It's now manifesting. Y'all, this haunt's manifesting. <laughs> Something bad's about to happen. Can you hit a haunt with a magic missile? Uh, so haunts actually follow their own very specific sets of rules. I don't think yep. I can do anything. They function more like traps than they do like an actual creature. 
the thing that you're looking for is you usually get some sort of check to notice them before they fully manifest, mm. which you and Sudi and Sophronia succeeded on. So Narmer unfortunately, got a 25, so I think he knows what's going on, but there's yeah. not anything oh, God, he can no. do. <laughs> he then covers Masika's eyes. <laughs> uh, any positive energy applied to a haunt via something like channel, cure spell, so on and so forth can damage the haunt's hit points. Uh, they don't get will saves to lessen the effects. Usually speaking, no other effect can reduce, can damage the haunt other than positive energy, except for sometimes many haunts are usually tied to an event or some form of, in essence, they are akin to ghosts. They're like the echoes right. of ghosts. However, you would need to be in the chamber to be able to sense whether or not there's something else that you could do. If there's a prayer, you could say to put it to rest. If there's something in the environment you could interact with to try to calm it. You know, sometimes it's as easy as like, you know, oh, I was buried in my skulls in a shoebox. And then you just find the shoebox and throw it out the window and the haunt's fine again. <laughs> All right. Hollis will step into the room so that she can see the stuff in the room. Then that will be her, her surprise attack action. All right. You make your way into the room. I bet it's those paints. But I really want the paint. Well, once we get rid of that there ghost or haunt, whatever. Haunt. That was so Southern, that there. That there. I got a channel, Hollis. (laughs) Hollis, making your way into the chamber, looking this over, you, again, you're immediately hit by this, the whispering is escalating, but you're hit by this wash of just strange emotions as if they permeate this chamber. These feelings of isolation, imprisonment, loneliness, pain torture you get the vague you almost get the the definite sensation that whomever was in here was trapped in here was held in here against their will tortured or coerced until something just broke in them Hmm. you think however this individual again judging by the depictions you can see on the wall and the subtle repetition of the sphinx like designs that you've seen elsewhere either died a worshipper of Ereshkigal or was so tortured out of their mind that they ended up worshipping the demon goddess. Uh, As such, you think you might be able to, at the very least, destabilize it by either prayers of Ereshkigal or any sort of arcane rite to, in essence, break its hold to this reality. Oh, I read a whole bunch of prayers to Ereshkigal because I picked up those scrolls or whatever could i say one you can on the following turn in essence since you did read those prayers you do get a plus two circumstance bonus on a knowledge religion check to attempt to like start spouting off prayers to the dead to this thing okay okay cool however that actually brings us uh that brings us to sudi um okay so sudi recalls back uh recalls back to his training on voice of the spire on the seminar on haunts and the simple flow chart that they drew (laughs) do you cast positive energy cool, step on up and deal with this hunt. If you don't, get out. <laughs> and follows these this this very simple flow chart to unfortunately do nothing, but I will take a five foot step up to be close to the door I think you need to make this support. flow chart now and make sure you share this with the rest, but I feel like this is important information yeah, that they is, need to know. This is critical yeah. information right yeah, here. Yeah. <laughs> I, got, I got a lucid chart uh, login that you can use. That If that wasn't a, a, a programmer slash business person joke, I don't know what, it, what is. <laughs> so Sudi steps forward. Like, yep, that's a haunt. Yep. I will I will punch it. <laughs> I would punch it if it would do anything, but it, I, I don't do positive damage. As Sudi slides forward, the room's walls begin to shift from various scenes of death 
to a single all-encompassing scene of death. What looked to be an endless field of red sand billowing in the wind with people screaming, running, burning in flames as these angular shadows fall over the land and these pyramids in the sky shoot rays of fire and lightning from their various points scouring the earth underneath it. Cool, uh, I will need a will save bad. from Hollis and Masika. Very cool, but also yikes. It is a fear effect if that ah. matters. Uh, I'm going to roll a nat 20 for a 29. <laughs> Dang, two nat 20s already? You're blowing that luck. I know uh, it's bad. Masika it's going to be bad. rolls a 10, which gets her a 26. Everybody prepare for the badness that will Not occur. that she can apparently see any of this because Narmer's flippers are in her face. Thank <laughs> 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 you. That gives you a, a bonus Don't to the Don't it'll go easier. <laughs> yep, both of you succeed and only take one point of wisdom damage. As this begins damage. to burrow into your brain as you begin to see, again, for those of you outside, this is a terrifying sight. For those of you in the room, you can actually see the sand billowing. You can smell the burning flesh in the ozone. You can hear the screams of the dying as you stand here. I don't like this painting. Sophronia is going to go ahead and uh, glide up into that room and lay on hand. <laughs> hey. Good idea. See, remember the flowchart. You cast positive energy, get on in there. <laughs> I just picture Sudi reaching into his pocket, looking at the flow chart, and then putting it back in his pocket. <laughs> I, 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 I see. I imagined him reaching in there going, no, no, that wouldn't work. Maybe holy water? I wonder. Sprinkle, sprinkle, sprinkle. <laughs> Sophronia slides forward and channels positive energy through the room. The thing seems to recoil almost for a moment seems to dissipate before the screaming sound begins to redouble in the room, bringing us uh, to Citra and Nahamra. Etheric stuff and things that... Um, so I was looking this up, and it just says that with a successful sneak attack against haunts or undead. Wait, how do how? I get a successful sneak attack on a haunt? Uh, in essence, as it's manifesting, if you get to act before it did but it has already acted. So I have no way to use my ability. I'm afraid not. So don't go in this room. Yeah, don't so join join Sudi on the cheerleading squad. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could step in there and you know try to follow Hollis's lead and try to, you know, maybe I've read some of these I don't think prayers she has any religion. Go, re, I don't have any religion. <laughs> and her will save's not the best. She's a rogue. Stay yeah. outside. <laughs> I will let Citra go ahead and make a... Uh, curses? Lower curses? Or a craft painting? Go make a craft painting. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, cool. I was just joking on that one, but hey, if you're going to give it to me. Um, actually rolled pretty good. I rolled a 14 plus my 16 plus 2, so that gives me a 32. 32? So, yeah, you step forward, Sudi kind of sitting there, tensing and untensing You know his fist as he stares into the room, knowing that, unfortunately, his fist can't punch ghosts. He's not Sudi the Ghost Puncher. Well, I mean, technically they can, but not a haunt. You know, Hollis and Masika recoiling back from these bizarre sights, this kind of glazed over look starting to uh, to settle in. That's the wisdom damage. I don't think Hollis has a whole lot to lose. Masika uh, does. <laughs> I, I mean, I could die eventually. It'd oh. just be comatose, but yeah. Yeah, I was like, yeah, it, wisdom damage won't kill you. It just knocks you completely out. 
Okay. As a fun side note, sure. if uh, you are drained to zero wisdom by this thing, you are under the effects of the insanity spell permanently. Oh. Woo! Something to look forward to. <laughs> Citra, as you look past them, you can see into the room. You can see all of this. You can see, again, the manifestation there. Strangely past that, your eyes are actually drawn not to the walls, not to the manifesting spirit, but to the easel that stands in this room, containing what appears to be a depiction of... From here, it's hard to tell. An oasis, maybe? It looks incomplete. Hmm. I'm going to do something really stupid. <laughs> Welcome to the party. Citra rushes into the room toward the easel. Oh, are you going to finish the painting? I'm going to finish the painting. Cool. Cool, cool. Speed paint. Yes. Hollis Go for speed, like, not what? accuracy. What? What are um, you doing? <laughs> what? What? So, Citra, you rush forward as your move action, arrive here, look this over, and again, you can see that it's this, the people that you see, what looks to be this man and this woman in the foreground, are completed. But the actual oasis, the trees and such, you can see the outline for them, but it doesn't look like the portrait was actually completed. I'm going to finish the painting. Keep it distracted. I gotta say, that's a bad idea, but okay. How? By painting! Next to the easel no, is how a do painter's we palette it? and brush. Oh, I don't know about that. That's up to you. Hmm. So, yeah, you rush forward. You take up the, the paint and the brush. Masika. All right, then I'm just going to cast a normal Cure Moderate Wounds. All right. All right, I do 22. All right. You step forward reach out into the the bulk of this thing and channel as much positive energy into it as you can. Narber, I can't see. It's okay. It's better this way. It'll be quicker. <laughs> what will be quicker? Our inevitable death. Maybe we should try <laughs> not to die? Masika, as you plunge your hands into the center of this thing and channel this burst of positive energy, for a moment you feel this wash of fear Maybe relief for a second before this panicked sense of despair. It then dissipates. The whispering, however, continues. Ooh, creepy. The girl, the trench, the warrior. It just continues to whisper. Citra, maybe you should go ahead and finish the painting because it might come back. Already ahead of you. Hollis is going to say her weird prayer, too. Okay. I guess Sudi will step into the room then once the stuff is gone. So why is it still whispering? It's most likely something akin to, well, myself. It has not been put to rest, so it would simply rejuvenate. Oh, uh, well. So Sitra, you think finishing this picture will put it to rest? I hope so. Uh. It's the only thing that I can think. Yeah, it's worth a try. So Sitra, I will need you to make a craft painting. You can take 10 if you want. I could. But I rolled an 18. So I think I'm going to keep the 18. <laughs> I could, but I can't because I already rolled. Yep. Gives me a 36. You settle in, begin to paint, work around the outside edge, add in the, uh, the details here on the water, the reflection of the sunlight off of the waves, blowing in the soft breeze, the palm trees gently shifting. As you finish this, you look down to see this depiction of a young elven woman and a young human man. The two of them kneel next to the edge of the oasis. A smile plays on both of their faces, and the sun seems to dapple over them through the trees in this eternal, peaceful 
vision of life. As you look at it, you are certain, just from that pervasive sense of this room, of a life that never was. It's then that you notice that the whispering has stopped. Well, I guess that worked. They never got their oasis. Mm. Can I? Never mind. I'm going to leave the painting, but I kind of want to take it. <laughs> Always picks up the uh, the paints that she saw were magical earlier and studies them. You may make a spellcraft if you so wish. Mm, I roll a five for a 26. With a 26, you are barely able to identify these. These are known as marvelous pigments. These pigments enable their possessor to create actual permanent objects simply by depicting their form in two dimensions. The pigments are applied by a a stick tipped with bristles, hair, or fur. So a brush. Basically, you can form this into the desired object. The artist concentrates on the image. One pot of marvelous pigments, of which there is one pot here, is sufficient to create 1,000 cubic feet by depicting it into dimensionality over a 100 square foot surface. Wow. Only normal inanimate objects can be created. Creatures cannot be created. The pigments must be applied to a surface. It takes 10 minutes and at least a DC 15 craft painting to depict an object with the pigments. Marvelous pigments cannot create magic items, objects of value depicted by the pigments, precious metals, gems, jewelry, ivory, and so on appear to be valuable, but are really made of tin, lead, glass, brass, bone, and other inexpensive (laughs) materials. The user can create normal weapons, armor, or any other mundane item, including food stuff whose value does not exceed 2000 gold pieces. Hmm. The effect is instantaneous. Fun. Wow. We should definitely take these. (laughs) For sure. Leave these all here. I'm like sitting there, I'm like, man, you can make like a ladder. You can like do all all kinds of cool stuff with that. Yep. Dare I ask how much this is worth? 4,000 gold pieces. It's single use. Oh, we only use it one time? You have one time that you can create basically a 10 foot by 10 foot by 10 foot object. Mm. It's a in case of emergency situation. Definitely an in case of emergency situation. True. So I know that the next thing is the Moftet, but maybe we we got to pass the by almost to the front door. So maybe we should check on the Geert of Lilu. We don't know where they are. Well, I was just going to say pop outside and see if our Kamus has heard anything. I mean, we didn't find their bodies here or anything, so they have to have left. I'm uncertain, but I may need to remain within. I do not know what the confines of my ability to travel throughout this world are. Well, I guess we'll see, but I think we should at least check really quick. What if we open the door and it's just a bunch of cultists out there? Better that we deal with them then than have them come in behind us while we are dealing with the Gear Tablilu. Glabberzu. Glabberzu, that too. Well, I doubt they're going to go in there. Can't we just send Nom at a look? I'll go with him. I'm not going to let him go outside by himself, especially if there's a bunch of cultists outside. Do we remember, was there a way to barricade the front door? There wasn't anything in that room that you could easily barricade it with. I still think we should go check on them just to make sure. We did make a deal. I mean, the deal had nothing to do with that. Well, she was going to give us more information about what she knew about the upper floors and everything else. Well, I mean, we can step out here. I'd be real surprised if they were out here, though. I don't know. Just with their honor-based rules, it seemed real weird for them to ditch out on a deal. Well, if their face... I think their safety would come first. The cult already went back on the deal, I assume. Well, no, we made a deal, but... If you guys want to stay in here, I'm... Narmer and I can pop out and check. 
Well, we might as well all go. It's not like there's any reason for us all not to go if one of us is going. Agreed. We need to stick together. Hopefully Saffronia can come with us, but... I doubt it. She is bound to this place. Well, we don't know that till we try. We knew that she was had to be within a certain distance of the necklace, right? Do I think that she will go away permanently if we take the necklace from this place? Doubtful. Oh, no. In fact, that would be a much easier way to put her to rest than going and fighting a Glabrazoo. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mission accomplished. We did it, oh, guys. sorry. We took you past the little hazy thing and now you desynchronized the end. <laughs> All right, I guess we're going to go look outside. Are we walking back out or are we going to teleport out? Like, what are we doing? Like, just walking outside these doors just seems like a really bad idea. We're, I'm not teleporting <laughs> we're us not anywhere. Gonna, yeah, we're not yeah. going to waste a teleport. I don't have a teleport cr- prepared today and I'm not using my dimension door. I'm just thinking there is a very long distance between the front door and where they were camped and there's nothing to hide us. It is a freaking sitting duck situation out there. Is it nighttime? What time is it? No, it's like... I do not think so. It is the daytime. You had to sleep in later, but it's a little bit afternoon. If you waited until nighttime, you'd wait until Sudi and Citra lost their bonus for the Senate We need the luck bonuses, so... Uh, Can we just, like, peek out these doors? Yeah, cracking open the door, looking outside. You can see open desert stretching away in the distant sphinxes in their two rows making their way off into the desert surrounded by the stone monoliths that encircle this place. At the very least, you can see some of them since you're seeing basically uh, the tunnel view coming out from between the two front paws of this massive sphinx. You don't immediately see anything. I didn't think there were any cultists outside. I thought it was just the Geert of Lilu. No, remember, they're on the weird, like, it's bone, forest. Yeah. bone forest. Yeah, they're out in the bone forest area on the opposite side of the of the Sphinx from the Girtiblilu. Yeah, which is why we had to sneak in at night. Yeah, the Girtiblilu are in the shadow of the sightless Sphinx on its north face. All right, well, mm. if we're going, we should go. And if we're not going, then we should go deal with that wee baby situation. No, I think we should go ahead and go. We're already committed to this point. If they've been watching the door, they've seen us. I peeked. I peeked. I don't like this, but I'll go with whatever the rest of you want to do, but that's a long way to go. They would be stupid not to have a watch. And they've proven not to be that stupid. I mean, they're... Well, I mean, they're they're crazy. I don't think they're stupid. Exactly. (laughs) There's a very thin line between those two options. Look at it this way. If we get attacked by cultists and kill a bunch of them outside, then they can't sneak up behind us when we're dealing with the sky pharaoh. Yes, but we don't know who is outside. For all we know, the pharaoh is out here. Nah, he won't we don't be know out if here. he's inside. Uh, that's a fair point, but it would be more comfortable to be inside. So that's probably where they are. But hopefully, they don't store all of their cultish monks in the forest. Oh god, <laughs> <laughs> that would be our kind of luck, right there. It's just one d twelve cultish monks. Rude. <laughs> Guess we're oh, sneaking. God. Yep. All so right. Sneak. All right, we sneak. Hollis is the worst at this. She will do her best. All right. After forming a committee. Coming at this decision. Uh, well, you guys would have to make something like 30 stealth checks, so I think oh, it's going to okay. be easier to just assume you're taking 10. Oh, that's bad. Okay. So what does everyone get taking 10? 13. 21. 18. Taking 10, I get a 28 right now. Okay. Oh, sorry. I should have a 23 right now because I uh, have that plus two bonus. Yep. So you press open the door. You make your way forward back out into the desert. Almost blinding yourself since you've been pretty much inside and haven't seen the sun in like 30-something hours at this point. As you step out blinking into the uh, the early afternoon sunlight. 
once making your way forward. Sophronia glides up towards the exit, begins to slide through, and then there's just this insubstantiality. Again, like that blurred, almost as if you're seeing from her from a greater distance than she's standing. She can't leave. After a couple of seconds, she steps back in. The armor kind of like resettling as it began to have just like fallen through her as she began to dissipate. She stepped out. It appears that I must stay here. We'll be back quickly. She also begins to fade into into insubstantiality as the holy symbol gets further away from her. Yeah, that's the bigger problem is, uh, mm-hmm. so who was wearing the holy symbol? You we were. Have have somebody. Me, me were? Mm-hmm. Um, Sudi, step back towards the building. Yeah, Sudi will step back in. She reaches out. If you would not mind carrying the armor and weapon, I can retrieve it later. Okay. She then places a hand over her holy symbol and then dissipates into a flowing mist. The holy symbol seems slightly warmer on your chest as her form disappears entirely. Oh, that's a new trick. There's the clattered sound of a full set of full plates splashing onto the ground. <laughs> Sudi so will collect that all. I guess shove it in his, what am I racking now, a handy haversack? No, you I got, got a, a bag, full of, bag holding. of holding that you guys found earlier. <laughs> yeah, we'll put it in the bag of holding and uh, march back out. Sudi just kind of shrugging like, all right, let's do this. Where my haunted necklace? You make your way back out onto desert sands. The sun beats down on all of you as you sneak your way to the best of your ability. Ford, Citra gliding along silently. Sudi following on cat's feet, literally. Masika doing her best to uh, to slip silently along behind. Hollis jingle jangle in those spurs as she makes <laughs> her way behind the rest of the group. <laughs> nope. Sad. You reach the end of the paw. No one comes out to stop you. As you press forward, circle around the tip of the uh, the broken, shattered remains of the front left paw. Its mirror is still pristine on the opposite side where you had fought those cultists just earlier, just now on the outside. You circle around to step into the shadow of the sightless sphinx. Go ahead and make a perception roll. What's the worst that could happen? Don't ask that. 1d12 cultists. I rolled a 15 <laughs> for a 26. I roll a 14, which gives me a 37. Roll a 19, which gets me a 26. Roll a 13, which gets me a 30. I don't suppose this is danger sense by any chance. Not yet. Soon. As you step around into the shadow, your eyes quickly <gasps> adjusting into the... I'm so mad. So my trap finding thing says plus five perception versus traps and haunts, which would have given me a 25. <laughs> Oh, that's. Oh yeah, you would have noticed it. it. Yep. Too late now. Ah well, classic. I know. Your eyes adjust to the dimmer light here in the shadow of the sightless sphinx, and you look ahead to find nothing. The tents are gone. The occupants here vanished, almost as if there was no sign that they were ever here at all. Until your eyes settle on a single lone stick stabbed into the earth. Almost exactly where Urkamus's tent was. I guess make our way towards the stick. Yeah, I guess. Maybe, Maybe they left, left a, a message. Yeah. You make your way forward, approach the stick, retrieve it. Wrenching it out of the ground, you find that it is, uh, it is not a stick. It is, in fact, one of Urkamus's javelins. As you wrench it back free, you see tied to the tip of this, partially impelled through the point, is a note. Okay. Removing this, opening it up. Written here, in gear to Belilu. Masika, I'll read it. Masika reading this fine spidery script 
It states, If you are reading this, then you are people of your word. The dreams have quieted. The Pharaoh knows and does not agree with my view of your right to challenge. I have taken my people and left. We will cause no further harm to you or yours. The threats and politics of this desert are too much for us, and we will find new homes in the land of the immortal flower. You seek the pharaoh. You may find them in the head of the Sphinx, up the stairs beyond the room where we met. They will be well guarded, prepared for you. You have shown great honor. I pray you fight with it, and failing, I pray you die with it. She did not bother to sign this. Uh, so she mentioned a location of where they're going. Does that is that something we recognize? You may make a knowledge geography if you so wish. I have a little bit of that. I will. Geography. I rolled a two for a 19. Uh, I rolled a three, which gives me a nine. Uh, so Sudi, no, Hollis, you would be able to recognize that as probably being a reference to Thuvia, a nation dedicated to the, more or less the brewing of the Sun Orchid elixir and the Immortal Flower, which you guess would be the Sun Orchid in this case. So they're literally leaving Osirian. Yeah, they're just like, ah, this place is too much for me. Fair enough. Well, that answers that question. They're not going to be here and giving us any aid, which, I mean, is fine. That's their prerogative. We weren't expecting any aid. We need to get back inside now. Well, I'm glad they're safe. And not, you know, all murdered. Yeah. Man, Mashika, can you imagine what would have happened if I snuck up those stairs like I was thinking? You'd probably be dead. I mean, I would at least put up a good fight. <laughs> Me and the Pharaoh, mano a mano. What probably would have captured you and just stuck you with Safa. Oh, I could have put Shafa inside my little chest cavity, and she and Stinger could be French. She's a little snake. She fit. She would eat Stinger. Probably. That is, however, a good plan to get her back to Nima. All right, B-Baby. Masika claps her hands and starts heading back towards the door. <laughs> All right. Now we get to the real fight. B-Baby. You turn, make your way back, re-enter into the Sphinx. Now it seems there's only, well, I guess two ways to go if you wanted to go and uh, bum rush the boss fight. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're not gonna... like half my spells gone. And... Here's the question. Is the boss fight the uh, Glabber Zoo or is the boss fight the Pharaoh? The Pharaoh? <laughs> there's two bad things coming up. Oh, God. I, I feel like we should deal with the Moftet and the Bee Baby so we're not stuck between the cultist and the Moftet. But I suppose all of you make your way back exit from the, the shadow of the sightless sphinx. Make your way back through the entry between the sphinx's leg and re-enter into the cool interior of the sphinx, shutting the door back behind you, knowing that you are, in fact, truly alone here. With the exception of Lady Sophronia, who rematerializes. And uh, and we give guys, her her stuff back. I was going to say, if you guys will help her take the five minute to don the plate mail again. Yep, definitely doing that. Yeah, for sure. So do you I imagine help placing this back on. Citra kind of keeping an eye out. Masika turning the armor upside down and shaking the sand out of him. Hollis is a soft cluck cluck. Hmm. Well, at least now we know where she is. Well, I kind of figured she'd take up something fancy like the head of Sphinx. Well, it sounds like that little that we know about this Hakatep. Mm -hmm. And honestly, Sarathat always liked the best rooms anyway. True. She had that nice plush feather bed. Hey, maybe we'll get to sleep in one like that. That'd be a nice change. The very least, take some pillows before we leave this place. Hmm. Wherever the heck we gotta go next. Eh, probably out in the desert. So we gotta find that Chisisek boy. 
Well, I'm hopefully he's here. All right. Well, a wing kind of comes out of your little satchel and pats you on the leg. <laughs> you know I'm here for you. Ah, well, we'll see what happens. I don't know. You know what they taught you back in wizarding school? Sometimes you got to blow up a few buildings to learn the fireball. That's one of many things that they taught me. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm going to settle back in here. Wait to see if that little clockwork boy forgets his little friend. Well, you know. <laughs> he'll get bored soon, I'm sure. Why you gotta want to eat Stinger's Junior Sugar? Why? Because it's the natural order of things. <laughs> I don't know. He seems real attached to this shtick. Uh, <laughs> give it another 30 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Gotta wait until the fans get tired of it. Oh, no. That'll never happen. Once they make the Patreon exclusive normal plushie with a little scorpion bursting at him like a chest buster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny. man. Goodness. That sounds awesome. I suppose then uh, you all make your way, circle around, reach the door leading into the the Hall of the Dead. Uh, I am not opening this door, so uh, she scoots back. Sudi will, before we open the door, do something he has never done so far and actually put on the mask before the fight. Ah, what are you doing? The mask has an ability to cast Finger of Death which could potentially make this uh, Glabarzoo fight much shorter. Yeah, I suppose. Just make sure you take it off afterward, or I'll take it off for you. <laughs> I don't think you have to worry about that. I don't really All feel right. comfortable with it on, even though it adheres to your skin. I know, it's very uncomfortable. I'm just going to put it out there. If you want me to wear it, I will volunteer as tribute. I think we've known each other long enough to know that that's okay. I don't trust you with it because I've heard you're talking way too much about, oh, well, magic this, magic that. Sometimes you let magic take you over. Oh, magic is so good, y'all. Magic but, can be good. Magic can also be bad. But Shitra, she would take it out of a desire to do good. And through her, it would not be. Yeah, you don't know. I don't know. Exactly. I don't know. Sometimes you gotta gamble. I'm just saying. I mean, has this mask ever done anything on its own besides show you guys the visions? Why are you so scared of it? Oh, it almost killed a whole city. It was a whole thing. Yeah, but wasn't that because the person using it used those abilities? It still possesses those abilities. I don't trust it. All right, fair enough. I just wanted to say, you know, I'm cool. I've already had one cursed item upon my head. I wouldn't mind having a second one as long as it doesn't make me stupid. Anyway. Technically, it would make you smarter. Technically. Yeah, technically. <laughs> yep. Sudi, you pull out the mask, slide it yeah. over your face. Yeah. I don't like doing this, but hey. Conforms to your your muzzle and, and slides across, settling in to give you this. Uh, again, it is a really cool effect where you do look like this, yeah. you know, golden cat head god. As it slides into place, it's not the easiest way to describe it is you have you have this sense of it's almost like when you're walking along beside someone and you can't actually see them but you know that they're there as you slide on the mask you can almost feel your head turn to glance up as if somehow wearing this you can tell where the missing piece is that's no what i can feel where the other piece of hakatep is Good. Ooh, that's handy. Not exactly, but a general direction. We need to move quickly because this is probably a bi-directional effect. Yes, that means that he probably, or they, know that we're down here. They knew that already. 
They did already they know that, but I'm not sure if they knew we had the mask still. They have to, because Kavak knew, and Kavak was a member of the cult. Fair, okay. Well, <laughs> you know, you're probably only feeling it now that you're putting the mask on, but they probably felt it this entire time since you've been here. So... Also anyway, it's probably like two magnets that are just like, they just sit there, but then when you put them closer together, they stop sitting there and then they slide together. Stop there. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make fun of Narmer's speech impediment. That's rude. <laughs> to be fair, that would be rude. Anyway, we've got to fight a whole bunch of guys, I'm sure. So I guess we'll open the doors. I hope you up. have a plan for fighting flying people, Shooty. I have a potion of fly. This is my plan. You... Press on the door. Citra is standing alongside of you. I imagine giving you a nod of... No traps. Looks clear. Sudi will open the door. <laughs> and I guess shoulder it in the, like, let's open the door quickly so that we can hiya people, because I'm just going to assume there's other people right outside this door. Okay. Shoving the door open, again on shockingly silent hinges, the door opens into a wide hall. From left to right, you think that this hall must be at least 70 feet across, and probably more than that in length, stretching from here to an oversized archway that you can faintly make out in the dim light far off to the opposite side of the hall. Engraved sigils of eyes, suns, swords, and water birds mark the large stone blocks that pave the floor here. Six alcoves, three on each side, line the hallway, and within each alcove stands an upright stone sarcophagus, carved in the likeness of a human man, his arms crossed over his chest. Thin, foul-smelling smoke emanates from the eyes of the sarcophagi, creating a dank haze that flows through this entire room. Five of the sarcophagi stand untouched. The one closest to your right, however, stands open. A small pile of charred bones lies heaped on the floor in front of it, still softly smoking and filling the area near it with this foul-smelling miasma. All of the sarcophagi glow faintly, as if the mist that pours out of them comes with its own inner light. Well, this is, uh... Inviting? Sure. Is there nothing else in this room? Like, no threats or anything? Not that you immediately see. There are creepy smoking sarcophagi and uh, a burnt dead body off towards the right. I'm going to detect magic. You'll need to step into the room to get line of effect. Okay, I step in. I guess we'll all step in the room. Yeah. Well, I guess I could see the ones in the back if they count. Yeah, think, that's probably more uh, than Yeah, I think they're more than away. 60 feet away. Yeah. yeah. Hollis, you step in. You know, I imagine as Hollis begins to kind of crane her neck and start to look forward, Sudi tentatively steps forward. Citra and Sudi forming up the front line, Hollis and Mexica following along behind as you step into the room. This smell is horrid. The only thing you could think to describe is it, it smells vaguely of rotting vegetation and sulfur, like rotting moss over a hot spring. Hollis, as you glance around, the magic in this room, the same magic that you've seen everywhere here, still permeates this chamber. The light effect on these sarcophagi is a magic effect. The smoke is not. Something inside of the sarcophagi is generating that. 
All right, well, that smoke is not magical. Something in that sarcophagus is making that happen. I'm going to guess by the pile of smoking bones that it's probably the bones of the people in the sarcophagus. So something has set them on fire. But why? And how are they still burning? Um, Sudi would like to make like a knowledge religion. Is there any kind of undead that is like a fire undead? Yeah, Masika gets a... 30 on a knowledge religion to see if there's any like burning skeleton undead or unfortunately there are a number of options there great yeah you know, Sudi's mind immediately goes to didn't didn't Segura once get shot by laser eye zombies or skeletons <laughs> oh, or something yeah they, were, yeah they were like laser eye zombies sure unfortunately that doesn't narrow it much that there are several types of undead that are on fire so that doesn't really give us any idea, but it may not even be undead for all we know. Perhaps we should take a look at the bones. Alright. Well, I guess I'll go as one over to the smoking pile of bones. You're supposed to shuffle into the room. Keep an eye out, make your way forward. You know, as you begin to approach over here, you can see not only are there the bones here. Go ahead and give me a perception roll from the party as you begin to approach the body. I roll an 11 for a 22. I roll a 19 for a 42. Nice. Uh, Masika gets a 20. Citra rolls a 13 for a 30. Okay. As you begin to make your way forward, you, first off, all of you notice that there are signs of footprints, marks in the dust here, disturbed dust around the the door that you came in through. As you get over here, you can see that the dust is even further disturbed. Not so much as if, like, someone has come by in passing. The dust over here is to serve, like, combat. Mm. And as you begin to approach closer, you can see some blood splattered on the ground here and there. Some areas where one area that looks like a body may have fallen, but there's not much blood there. Citra and Sudi, you notice that, in essence, in the area that you're making your way up towards this, this sarcophagi, again, there's all those signs of battle and such. Citra, Sudi, you can tell that there's a great deal of foot traffic leading through the center of this room, although this appears to be the only place where anyone's gone up to any of the sarcophagi. Otherwise, they seem to make a point to walk through the dead center of the chamber, almost as if it's just a straight line from the doorway into the arch beyond. I feel like we should follow suit. Notably, you see very few signs of anyone coming back from the archway. It's a regular roach motel. Sudi, as you begin to approach closer towards this, you step and feel your toes settle on something. Take a half step back, glance down, nimbly, since you have your cat to start with and also a monk, so I imagine you're like triple jointed. Scoop it up between two of your toes and then bring it up to your hand. It's a large feather. Akin to an eagle, maybe, but it's been stained red. Well, I don't know if this is significant, but I've got a feather covered in blood. Moftet. Possibly. Notably, I suppose as you probably bring it up, kind of sniff it. It's not blood. Whomever this was dyed their feathers red. Huh. Somebody going through a rebellious teenage phase where they start dyeing their hair to get back <laughs> with their parents. <laughs> uh, anyone and that so- wishes to may make me a knowledge local as well. I don't okay. have that. Uh, roll an 11 for a 24. I roll a 7 for a 23 plus 2, 25. Uh, both of you can recognize this as, again, you traveled with Rahi for some time. This is the feather of a an adult Moftet. Yeah. 
It's found right next to where there's that disturbance in the dust that looks like a body fell there. Although, again, there's no blood to add to it. Maybe they're simply knocked unconscious? Well, from what we've seen, one of the Moftet was here, fought something else, although the body is gone. Maybe fought whatever the smoking bones were before they were smoking bones. And there's a bunch of foot traffic dead center through the room. That's weird. I bet it keeps the other sarcophagi from waking up. Oh, you think they popped and that's how they learned that uh, the sarcophagi are like some kind of trap undead? Perhaps. Approaching up towards the body here, I will allow anyone that wishes to to go and make me a knowledge the planes. Oh, great. Hey. I don't have that. Oh, I rolled bad. Uh, I rolled a three for a 24. I guess Hollis is it. <laughs> yeah, I don't oh, know. Yeah, yeah, no, don't have it. <laughs> a 24 barely ah. succeeds. Okay, good. You make your way up. You look down. All of you do. There's just the burnt remains of bone and skeleton here. You can't tell if this was a mummy or a skeleton or what was here once. And then you think back. Think about how maybe you're looking at this correctly but incorrectly. Undead makes sense, but you then lean down, pick up one of the bones, bring it up so you can smell it a little bit better. (laughs) God, that stench permeates the bones. You think this was a bodok. Huh. As your eyes dart around towards the smoking sarcophagi, you think all of these might be. When mortal humanoids find themselves exposed to profound supernatural evil, a horrific occult transformation can strip them of their souls and damn them to the tortured existence of a bodok. Changed into a twisted, misanthropic husk, a bodok wanders the endless tracks of evil-aligned planes, periodically stumbling into other realms by passing through portals Mm. or otherwise being conjured elsewhere. They possess only fragmented memories of its former existence. The Bodok is driven by profound emptiness, sorrowful longing and vengeful hatred of all life. The Bodok's appearance is profoundly disturbing. Its flesh looks dried and taunt and desiccated, though it possesses a strange otherworldly sheen. Its body is disproportionate and distinctly androgynous, Hairless with only vague hints of facial structure, the Bodok's eyes are deep set in their sockets and constantly weep, foul-smelling smoky vapors. Most planeswise travelers who recognize this shape know to flee, for most travelers can outrun the relatively slow Bodok. Having made that check, you can also make a knowledge religion. That's much better. Uh, 13 for a 20, no, a 34. You may ask two questions pertaining towards the Bodok. Special attacks. Special attacks. Oh, boy. (laughs) Uh, It only has one special attack, uh, which probably makes you immediately cognizant of uh, you might be in a room with five of them if this one is dead and there are five more. Uh, It has a death gaze. Oh, Oh, crud. Uh, In essence, it inflicts negative levels with a gaze. I have echolocation. 
Helps no one else. How yep. does, how, how, <laughs> I don't have to look at it. Uh, as a side note, a humanoid slain by a Bodok's death gaze rises as a Bodok 24 hours later. <laughs> Woo! It is a death effect. Ah. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much its only special attack. Does it have any special defenses? It does. Uh, it does possess damage reduction, although knowing what overcomes its damage reduction is a separate question. It is immune to electricity. It also possesses the standard undead traits. In addition to that, it is also resistant to acid and fire. Jeez. It possesses a weakness, although knowing what its weakness is, is a separate question. Uh, y'all, these these are real bad. These are a Bodek. They can stare at you and make you die. And uh, the lightning's not going to work, so that kind of messes us over a little bit. And if there's one of them, there might be five more of them in here, if each of these sarcophagi is one. So, yeah, let's uh, let's just stay in the center like the other tracks are doing. I think that seems wise. Yeah. This is not a fight we want to have. Not at all. I'll give this to Hollis because this would probably be pertinent. You're going to guess that they can see out of the sarcophagus since there are just holes in there. Their gaze has a range of 30 feet. Uh, don't look at the sarcophagus. So we need to look down at the ground and walk by all of them. <laughs> wow. Oh, yep. wait. Hang on. 10, If you 20. walk, there is a 10-foot wide passage down the very center of this room that takes you more than 30 feet away from if, each. Yeah, <laughs> if you walk in the absolute center, holy cow. Considering they haven't busted out on us, I imagine that they're trapped in there. But yeah, let's uh, let's not get close. Agreed. The gaze is why they're walking down the center. Man, this is a crazy good evil undead temple trap. Dude, oh that my is. God. I was gonna say that is like if you didn't investigate, if you're the kind of party that's like, hey, whatever, man, and you're like, you know, you spread out into the room to see if there's any cool loot, and you all just start dropping just, like flies. Oh yeah. man, death gaze, death gaze, death gaze, death gaze. <laughs> oh, you're making man. saves and not even knowing why you're making the saves. I just glanced over here and took four levels. <laughs> wow, I feel weak. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. So Holy we back cow. up and yeah. we mosey back to the middle. Thanks, whoever uh, knocked one of those out so we could know that this was a thing. Otherwise, we might have spread out to look at the uh, other <laughs> ones and gotten that, all kinds of messed up. That was up. the one really curious Moftat couldn't suppress that cat part of him and was like, yeah, I need to know what no, this is. No, that's how they figured out what was in there. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess they must have identified that they're Bodox also because yeah. they would have known to stay with 30 feet away from them. Horrifying. I suppose you begin to make your way down the central aisle. Yep. Yes. Not looking at the sarcophagi anymore. Yeah, Masika's probably still just going to kind of be like, holy crap. (laughs) Let's look down at the floor just to be extra, super duper safe. I'll keep an eye out. I'm unkillable. You're not unkillable. Uh, I'm less killable than some people. True. He's immune to death effects, so that's a plus. The five of you make your way forward. Striding off down the passage. Probably, you know, again, having to strain to keep yourselves to looking down and not looking left or right. As you begin to make your way forward, you think those creatures must be cognizant to a degree. Because as you begin to make your way forward, you can hear a soft shuffling and a vague scratching like bony fingers on stone. And this breathing sound. As Hollis knows that these things just have gaping maws where their mouths used to be. This raspy, eager breath as all of you begin to make your way down the central aisle. And as you reach almost the very center of the room, Cetra and Hollis, with one of these sarcophagi 
some 30 feet away to your right, Sudi and Masika, with another 30 feet off towards your left, you hear a different sound. Ahead, you hear this foo, 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 before two winged beings lion from the waist down and eagled wing swoop into the room, cry out to a Reshkigal as they brandish their twin scimitars. And I will need initiative from the party (sighs) next time. Uh, Great. In this room. In this room. Yeah, in this room. room. Let's just make them (laughs) look at these statues. Yeah, I was about to say, push them towards the statue. I do have have reposition. I can reposition Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Mummy's Mask is copyright 2014. Mummy's Mask and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.